0: Well, thank you so much for listening to the new members class session number one. My name is C.B. Etter, and I am the senior pastor of Christ Community Church, and we want to welcome all of you who are attending the new members course entitled Exploring Christ Community Church. We're so glad you're a part of it. And um, just to give you a little brief history on our church, we were sent out as a church plant, in 2001, with a team of 13 adults and nine children, my wife Shannon and I had our uh, baby daughter Ashlyn, who was only three months old at the time, and uh, it was just wonderful to watch the faithfulness of God through the years and to see uh, just people getting saved and added to Christ's church, and it's just been wonderful experiencing that, and we're so excited about our future together as well. Um, just building a local church for the glory of God, and that's what this session's really all about. And um, the purpose of this course is just to acquaint you more with our church, our mission, our doctrine, our our vision, and uh, so that you can pray about whether or not you want to be, become a member here. We really pray that you will. And so let's just open up with a word of prayer and ask for God to bless this time. God, thank you so much for. Uh, the individuals exploring membership within uh, our church. We're so grateful for the way you laid down your life for us on the cross, and I pray that um, the faith of the individuals taking this course would deepen as a result of uh, hearing uh, your word taught throughout this course, and that we would all grow in our depth of understanding of what you've done for us on the cross and your resurrection. And we're so grateful to be a part of it. And I pray that you would just deepen our faith in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We would like to ask you to listen and read through the outlines, um, for sessions one through 10. And then at the end of, uh, that time, um, we'll have a membership interview where, uh, you'll meet with one of the pastors and we'll just talk about your Christian life and your Christian faith and, and talk about uh, whether or not you'd like to become a member. So we'll be looking forward to uh, seeing if God will have that for you in your future. Let's look at the start where it talks about up top why a new member's course. The passage of Scripture there is Ephesians two nineteen through 22. If you look in your outlines, and you'll see that in verse 21, uh, it talks about that in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. That that aspect of being built together is really um, a rich theme throughout the New Testament where we're being built together, um, we're being united together by the spirit, we're being added together, we're being joined to one another. You see that language all throughout the Bible, you know, talking about God's people because we're called as believers in Christ to to really be built together um, and to be committed to a local church somewhere, and that's why we do the New members course. We want you to pray about whether or not you'd be be a member here at our church, and um, we sincerely hope that that will be the case, but we're also very aware that you know maybe God wouldn't have you be a member here. And if God calls you to be a um, member at some other church that preaches Christ faithfully, we would celebrate that. I think the main thing is is to avoid the syndrome of Lone Ranger Christianity where you're sort of a Christian uh, who has believed in Christ, but you're just isolated from the body of Christ and you really don't go to church or participate in a local church. Maybe you listen to uh, some teachings online or you watch Christian TV or listen to Christian radio, but you're not really committed to a local church. We want to try to help Christians avoid that because there's no life in the body that takes place the way you see it in the book of Acts, and and that's one of the things we're burdened about for people. We want to see people really, really grow as disciples of Jesus Christ and to be committed members of the local church so that they can bear much fruit for the glory of Christ and so let's move to um, the first section there to help establish or strengthen your doctrinal foundation. That's one of the real keys to this course. We want to strengthen you doctrinally um, because Christian doctrine, sound doctrine, really matters. And uh, doctrine is just, you know, what does the whole Bible teach on a particular subject? And it's very important to understand what the Bible teaches clearly because there's a lot of teaching that's that's not sound in doctrine and we want to make sure that we really, as Christians, have a strong foundation of right thinking when it comes to God's Word. Um, the quote there by Bruce Milne, right living begins with right thinking is a, is a really good principle. Um, and we really do need good, strong foundations in order to grow more mature, in Christ, we want to be a church full of strong houses. Like in that Luke 6 passage, it says that someone who hears God's words and put them puts them into practice is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. We want to be well built. We want to have strong foundations doctrinally as Christians. And, and that's something our church is really committed to. Uh, we also, the reason why we have a new members course is we really want our church to be unified. And that's one of the things that a course like this can do. We want to kind of move together um, in unity in our you know, with a common mission, common doctrine, common purpose, um, common vision. And uh, you see where uh, Jesus says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And we really want to be a house that is one in its vision and mission and purpose. And we don't want to all be pulling in different directions. We want to be a local church that we're all harnessed up and yoked up together and really serving side by side in the great cause with a common mission called the gospel. And to be passionate about that and heading all in the same direction and and pulling. Because we believe there's a lot of power um, that God displays through a church that's moving together in unity. And you see that in Philippians 2, verse 2, where Paul says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. So our prayer really has been, God, please raise up an army. Raise up an army for your glory. And um, use, use our church to be really an army in this area of Berks County to tell people about Jesus and to advance your cause. Um, and the third point there is to help prepare you for membership at Christ Community. And I mentioned some of this already, but um, all people who have been genuinely born again are members of the universal church. But Scripture often speaks of Christians as members of a local church. Um, scripture is full of exhortations and commands to be practically joined together with other believers, and no one can pop, uh, properly say, I don't need other Christians, I'm only a member of the universal church. Um <laughs> One prominent Christian leader put it this way, I've pastored too long to believe that any person is safe without accepting the Holy Spirit's direction to settle down with one flock and accept care and feeding. And um, I, I think that phrase there, to settle down with one flock, is a really, really important point. We don't want to be just drifters and those who never set down roots in a local church anywhere. I think that does really confine us to sort of a shallow Christianity where we don't really grow deep and grow in our Christian maturity. And so we want to really prepare you to pray about whether or not to become a member here so that you can settle down either here or in another local church for the Lord's glory. So let's turn to how to use this book on the other page. There is a quote, a wonderful quote there by Larry Tomzak, and it's and in halfway down through the quote he says, It's vital that we understand the purpose of God in our time is not merely the renewal of some aspects of familiar church life, but the complete recovery of dynamic New Testament Christianity, its power, purity, and pattern of living. This is intended by God to culminate in the presentation of a pure and spotless bride to his son. And that's what we really do want to recover, a dynamic New Testament Christianity. We want to have a real vision for uh, the, the local church and all that she can be as you look at her in the book of Acts and see just the, the power of the Holy Spirit working through God's people as the gospels getting preached and people are being saved and added to their number day by day, and that really gets us excited. And we want to be a local church that is committed to recovering dynamic New Testament Christianity and uh, celebrating that for the glory of the Lord and building that way for God's glory. Um, So throughout this course, you're going to see through Lessons 1 and 10 that it's really designed to be a really gospel-rich course. Our first four lessons really are related to the gospel. And then we move into Lessons 5 and 6 into progression into the Christian life with the doctrine of sanctification and cultivating greater devotion to God. And then we move into Lesson 7 with... um, Leadership within the church, and also um, how to relate to leaders within the church, and um, and then in lessons eight, nine, and ten, with the study of relationships, giving, and servanthood, you're going to find that the thread of grace is woven through the entire teaching, as is the person and work of Christ, because that, that's really what we're about. We're a very grace-driven church. Most most of all, we're a Christ-centered church, meaning as First Corinthians two. Who says that uh, the Apostle Paul said, I desire to know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And um, no matter what we do, no matter what we teach, we always seek to make sure that Jesus Christ and him crucified, risen from the dead, is the mainstay of our, of our church's doctrine and really the rocket fuel in our church, that it's the gospel. We never want to move on from the gospel or remove it from the central place that it's meant to have at all times in the life and teaching of the church. And so those are a few points just on how to use the book. Um, Let's turn and look at the whys of church membership. Um, The Lord is prompting people from all backgrounds to realize their urgent need for involvement in the local church. In fact, commitment to a local church as seen in Scripture is a biblical command for all Christians to obey, you'll see that in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 through 25, where it talks about, let's consider how we can spur one another up toward love and good deeds. And um, I love that passage of Scripture. And let's not give up meeting together, as is the habit of some. Uh, no matter what, during our Christian lives, we always want to make sure that we don't give up meeting together. It's always going to be a temptation to do that. That's why it's in Scripture but when we meet together, we really do sharpen one another and grow, and we grow stronger in Christ and in our faith. And it's a key component to our Christian discipleship, becoming a committed member of a local church. So it's very, very important. Uh, point one: all genuine believers are members of the universal body of Christ. Um, you know, our common denominator with Christians worldwide of all nationalities, ages, and kindreds and tongues. Is the foundation, the head, the cornerstone of the whole church, Jesus Christ, and not our particular doctrinal beliefs, experiences, or traditions. And that's really important to note. You know, we, we thank God that all true believers in Jesus Christ are saved and are heading for heaven, uh, whether they're a part of our network of churches or not. And that we really do celebrate the universal body of Christ. And we thank God for the way that he has saved from every tribe and tongue, and he's taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, and he's going to use us to do that. And I just praise God for the universal body of Christ. A point two, Scripture also speaks of Christians as members of a local church. In fact, most of Paul's writings were directed to individual churches, the church at Philippi, Corinth, etc. Scripture Scripture's full of exhortations for believers to be connected, joined, and devoted together by commitment and that the entire church is built up by that which each member is to supply. You see that in Ephesians 4, and then in the passage of, in 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about, verse 16 of Ephesians 4, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. See how everything's so important, every person so important, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each part of the body of Christ is has a part to play and work to do. and So we can't properly say, I don't have any need for other Christians. Um, that's very untrue. And every Christian is important and has an important part to play in the life of the body. And that's why the Bible goes on to say, First Corinthians 12, 14 through 16, that if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. We need each other. We all need one another. I need you and you need me. We all need the body of Christ to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's an important point. Uh, Secondly, let's look at the hows of church membership. Um, As we look at the hows, um, let's look at that first quote. Being committed to a local church is a spiritual knitting and identification and not merely attendance. Uh man, this is such an import, important point to stress because you look in Matthew chapter 16 where uh Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I love that phrase, I will build my church. Jesus is building his church, and you know, often you you think of um that that Jesus is building his church he's active in building it and a lot of times there's a mentality where in the body of Christ today it's sort of more of a mentality of well I'll attend church but we want to really not even settle for just kind of mere church attendance we want to be church builders you know Christ is building his church and we should be joining him in his mission and and what's most important to Christ building his church through the power of the gospel, um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we should be a part of um, what Christ is building. We should be passionate about building what Christ is building. That should be the focal point of our lives and everything that we're about in life. Church shouldn't be relegated to the back burner, but building Christ's church really should be the priority of our Christian lives, and we should throw it, throw all of our energy and our zeal into serving Christ in that way. And so... This is what the process of uh, becoming a church member kind of looks like. I, I love that quote there. Being committed to the local church is a spiritual knitting and identification and not merely attendance. That's right, the building. The first thing is God speaks to you as an individual. Secondly, then there's a unity of vision that develops in your heart. We hope that will happen during this course. Um, thirdly, then relationships are going to develop with people within the church. And we really want to encourage you to take initiative here and to, Practice greeting people in the church and get to know people. I know that can be hard for some of us, you know, getting out of our comfort zone and going and saying hi to other Christians on Sunday morning, some of whom we don't really know a whole lot yet. But as we do that, it really does um, help us to feel a sense of commonality and purpose with those brothers and sisters that we're worshiping God together with. And we want to really take initiative to develop relationships. I want to encourage you to start checking out one of our small groups, one of our care groups, and get to know the people in the church that you're going to be building together with. That will help you to know whether or not this church is the church for you. And then finally, you'll meet with one of the leaders. We talked about this with the new members interview at the very end of the course. Um, but one of the things we really are yearning for is we, you know, trust of leaders, trust of your pastors is really important. And, uh, we here at Christ Community Church, we really want that for you. We want you to really be able to trust us and get to know us. And so we're available for you. We want you to know that. And, uh, we're so thankful to God for you and, um, the way He's knitting you together with us. And we just want to let you know we're here for you. We also want to earn your trust and, and we want you to be able to trust us. And, and you find it, you'll be able to become a member of a local church if you trust the leadership. And so, we're looking forward to getting to know, know you more during the membership process. Let's turn over to our vision, uh, building a local church for the glory of God. This is sort of our lesson one. Uh, purpose, to understand the vision and mission of Christ's community. In, in Habakkuk 2.2, it says, Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Let's look at number one, the importance of vision. Look at Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Where there is no revelation or no vision, the people cast off restraint. You may have heard it this way. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Um, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So where there's no vision, the people perish. Vision is so important um, within the life of the local church, and we need to have vision as Christians for why we do what we do. Uh, because vision really leads to uh, fueling us to do what we're called to do, and without it, it can really um, cause us to be, re- you know, just be rendered weak in our execution of what God's calling us to do because we lack vision. I think it's what you see so often in Scripture. First Corinthians nine twenty six, the Apostle Paul says, "Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air." Now, we need vision, and vision's important for four reasons. It tells us uh, where we're going so that we can plan to get there. It helps us to stay on track and measure progress. It gives us hope for a better future. And finally, it unites us around a higher purpose, protecting us against self-centeredness and helping us through challenging times. Um, we really want to make sure that we're just not kind of going with the flow in life, but we have sort of a real strong drive and a motivation and a purpose behind what we do. Um, because when we do, it'll really fuel our zeal to serve the Lord and, and be passionately devoted to what He calls us to be passionately devoted to. And that is His church. Our church motto. I love our church motto. Um, it's exalting, proclaiming, enjoying Jesus Christ in short. That really is sort of our, our vision, our mission as a local church to exalt, proclaim, and enjoy Jesus Christ. We want to grow in that in an ever-increasing way. And um, just for our purposes here for the outline, let's look a little bit more at our vision. Um, simply stated, our vision is to build a local church for the glory of God. We And we understand this by breaking it down. Let's look at the first point, the glory of God. Uh, the question of motive, it's, it's a vital one for a Christian. God is concerned with more than just outward appearances, what we do. He's concerned with the inward reality. God looks at the heart. Why we do what we do. In fact, Scripture bears ample witness to the truth that what we are inwardly will ultimately determine what we do outwardly. And, um, as you turn your, uh, page in the outline, you'll see that, um, you know, we believe that Scripture's clear that the ultimate or highest motive for what we do is to bring glory to God. That means, that we would honor, obey, and represent Him truly in all our thoughts, words, and actions, and that's true for us as individuals, but also as a church. We want to First Corinthians ten thirty one is a great verse. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And uh, you know, one of the greatest temptations we we'll all face is to be motivated by selfish interests instead of God's glory. And um, we don't want to be motivated by the kingdom of self as One Christian author said, but we want to be motivated by the uh, kingdom of God. We want to be driven, not by selfish interests, but we want to be motivated uh, to really glorify God with our lives and everything that we do, everything that we say, who we are. And um, that's so vital. Terry Virgo says, we can no more build a Christian life on a foundation of self-interest than we can build a house on sand. And yet, how often people are encouraged to do just that. Yeah, we really do want Jesus to be your everything, and as a local church, we want Jesus to be our everything, and uh, to make sure that we're just passionately devoted to Him in everything we say and do, and all we uh, choose to undertake as a church. Um, I love again at Matthew sixteen eighteen. I will build my church in the gates of Hades, in the abode of the dead, in the gates of hell will not overcome it. Uh, what a promise that the gates of hell will not overcome the church. God's going to be building his church. Christ is building his church and nothing can stop what he's building. And you know, some of you listening to this course, you're evidence of that. Christ has died on the cross for your sins, but he's opened up your eyes by the power of the Holy Spirit so you can see and you're, you've been converted, you've repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus and and uh, that's evidence that, that Christ's promise is continuing to go forward. He's building his church, and, and it's so exciting watching God join brothers and sisters in Christ together with a common mission and purpose in local churches. Bruce Milne says, Biblical religion is inescapably corporate. Scripture knows nothing of solitary religion. It's so true. We really do need each other. We need to escape the lone ranger Christianity Type syndrome that's out there. Chuck Colson's quote is really good too. Even Christians who understand their personal identity as followers of Christ will not make a widespread difference in the decline and decay around us unless we have a high view of our corporate identity as a body of Christ. Many Christians have been infected with the most virulent virus of modern American life, what sociologist Robert Bailey calls radical individualism. It's so, so true and so sad, and, and that's why it's so important for us to emphasize the need for commitment because we really do. We live in a culture where uh, largely our cultures, they are commitment phobes, scared of commitment. And commitments are very light and, and not made very strongly. And we need to make sure that we're individuals, that when we see that God's calling us to something, that we commit to it and we make deep commitments and and really plant ourselves down so that we can really grow and that we're not easily just kind of uprooted and just... Kind of give up on commitments that we've made, and that's one of the reasons why it's so important to to really join into a local church and to to set down roots. Um, moving to point B, a local church, um, as we said in the introduction, God intends each Christian to become a part of a specific local church where they might practically live out the responsibilities and privileges of membership in the body of Christ. And um, uh, Kirby says it's necessary to stress that the New Testament never countenances the possibility of a believe, of a believer living his Christian life apart from the context of the local church. So again, it's just important to recognize that, that the New Testament, you don't see Christians as kind of isolating away from the church. It's, it's quite the opposite. You see Christians very radically committed to the gospel's advance, and they're committed to their local churches, and it's really a beautiful thing, and we really need to recapture that in our Christian culture today. C, building a local church. This is part of our vision. Jesus is building his church, and we have the privilege of co-laboring with him in that great work. As he was about to ascend to heaven, he gave his disciples clear instructions about how they were to, were to proceed until he returned, and that was the Great Commission. And We believe the Great Commission is the key directive for what we're doing. I love the Great Commission. Uh, here it is, Matthew 28, 18-20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Arthur Wallace says, If any man would be a success in life, find out what God is doing and throw yourself into it wholeheartedly. And we really want to encourage you to throw yourself into the Great Commission wholeheartedly throw yourself into promises like Matthew 16:18 I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Let's do everything we can to wholeheartedly devote ourselves to Christ, wholeheartedly devote ourselves to his gospel's advance and to the church and to see uh just wonderful things happen in our generation as people are being transformed by the power of God. Uh point 1 in relation to this um, we have one mission, and that's to go and make disciples. And that's uh, a disciple is a wholehearted, wholehearted follower of Jesus. And um, we see in Matthew chapter 16 a description of the cost of following Jesus. And that's one of the things we'll explore in the course. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And so there's really a cost of following Jesus. We need to be willing to lay down our lives for him, and we want to be wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord the way Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament were committed to the Lord. And like the Apostle Paul, to have the heart of to live as Christ and to die as gain, Philippians 1.21, and to live with that type of zeal and passion for the Lord. And let's look at these two parts here. Uh, Firstly, recruiting new disciples, evangelism. We are a local church committed to evangelism. We want every one of our church members, every man, woman, and child in our church to be committed to sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus and letting people know about what a great Savior we have in Christ and seeking to persuade them to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus and, and, um, to be born again and to also start to come out to church and, and to, to be born again and saved through faith in Christ alone. And, um, and that's one of the things I love. Acts 1 8, you will be my witnesses. And we are very passionately devoted to evangelism. We're, we're a church that we have programs where we, uh, corporately as a church, We'll run a course to evangelize people in the community, and we'll do events and such. But one of the things we're really passionate about is just for all of us to carry a passion to evangelize the lost every day of our lives, you know, with our neighbors, our family, our friends, and to carry the gospel mission upon us, um, regardless of our age or how long we've been Christians. We always want to carry a fire uh, in our hearts to share the gospel with the lost, because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And so we really want, as part of our mission of our church, for all of us to really be committed to evangelism. And uh, part B of the two parts of uh, is maturing ourselves so that we can help others to mature. We want to evangelize people, but we also want to equip them. We want them to grow into stronger and stronger disciples. We want to help them to, as Ephesians 4 says, to become mature and to where all the saints reach unity in the faith. And so we're very committed to equipping the saints for works of ministry and also to really disciple us, all of us be disciplers, so that we help newer Christians grow into maturity, and we help those who have been Christians for a long time to grow even deeper in their passion for Christ. And that's one of the things we're passionate about. Let's look at the three tasks uh, related to the Great Commission, we want to train people for the mission um, we we talked about this already that ephesians four eleven and twelve God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare god 's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ might be built up. We want to be a local church where uh, you know it 's often said related to church life that uh, you know the work is often uh, 10% of the people doing 90% of the work and, uh, we don't want that to be the case. We really want it to be that 100% of the, the saints are doing 100% of the work to where, you know, there's really just a passion for all of us to play our part, uh, for the local church and to grow in the, um, really seeing the gospel advance, um, in, in, in football when, you go to a football game, or you watch a football game on TV. You know it's been said that you know watching a football game is like watching 22 people desperately in need of rest. That um, they're being watched by 80,000 people desperately in need of exercise. <laughs> and again, you know what's what's so true about that is that we want the church to be no. The 80,000, we're, we're not to be on the sidelines, we're not to be on the stands, we're, to, we're all called as the church to be out on the field playing our part, and to not think of church as just simply mere attendance, but again, really putting our hand to the plow and building the local church for the glory of God, what, not just which church am I attending, but what church am I building, I'll let that question really ring out. Um. Secondly, caring for one another as we pursue the mission. Yeah, this is so true. We want to make sure that we are making sure that we stay strong as Christians as we're pursuing being equipped to do the mission and being trained for the mission and training others to do the mission. So that's one of the reasons we have what are called care groups, or it's the small groups in our church. We want to make sure that we are committed to just seeing our need to be, having our own souls cared for, but also to play our part in caring for the souls of our brothers and sisters in Christ around us in the local church. And, you know, life does. It really includes discouragements, challenges, sins, sickness. None of us are immune from these. And, and as our fellow believers face these things, we want to be there to help them and encourage them and comfort them in the Lord and help them to grow. So uh, the third part of this is doing the mission. It's, it's not enough for us to be simply trained for the mission or to be simply well cared for. <laughs> We must continually carry out the mission of making disciples. We want to, as the scriptures say, exhaust ourselves in the service of the Lord. Um, it says to, of the Thessalonians that they serve the Lord to exhaustion. We do. We want to really be passionate, devoted followers of Christ to where we're not just kind of uh, walking slowly, but we're really running the race for Christ, and we're doing the mission. We're sharing the gospel ourselves. We're fighting the good fight of the faith, and um, we're doing everything we can to look at ourselves as the Christians of old used to look at themselves all the time as as pilgrims who were um, strangers to this land on a journey to heaven. We were just passing through, not looking to make our home here, but looking really to 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 the eternal heaven and glory that we have to come and. Looking at ourselves, like John Bunyan said, as pilgrims called to make progress in this Christian life. And we also want to look at ourselves as Christian soldiers. We're called to do our duty and to serve the Lord and to really glorify him with our lives. Let's look at some goals here in relation to the Great Commission and and following through with our vision in our church. If our mission is to make disciples, we need to ask ourselves, what does a disciple look like? Let's look at these nine goals that we Describe every disciple ought to be striving to become. Firstly, we really want every um, disciple in our church to have a deep personal relationship with God. This is the most important thing. Um, you know, more than anything else, um, Jesus said, John seventeen three. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. We really do need to know God. We need to have a personal relationship with Jesus, and um, we want to make sure that our, you know, relationship with Christ isn't just one of formality where we just kind of know about God, but we really want to know God. We want to know Christ. We want to have a deep personal relationship with Him as our Lord and Savior, and and uh, that's a passion that we have here at Christ Community. Secondly. Um, one of the things that's very important and every every disciple ought to be strive to be growing in is is in sound doctrine. We would want believers to know the Bible and to be able to accurately apply its truth in daily living and um, to be sound theologians and to walk in sound doctrine. you know sound doctrine really does keep us to sound living and living lives that glorify God. And false doctrine, not knowing God's word accurately, can lead to a lack of health also just in Christian living and can lead someone toward wandering from the Lord. And so we want to make sure that uh, that we're committed to sound doctrine and we help believers deepen in sound doctrine. It's one of the passions of our church. Thirdly, uh, growing in Christian character. That's a very important aspect of every disciple that we would all grow more and more like Jesus in our attitudes and actions. Um, Point D, family life, that our family life will be biblically ordered and have its proper place and scope in our lives. You see the Colossians 3, 18 through 21 passage. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. You just see the gospel is meant to transform our family life, and we as pastors are committed just to helping that happen in all of our lives as we grow as disciples in Christ. And we can have hope, too, because the power of the Holy Spirit is at work conforming all of us who are Christians more and more into the image of Jesus. And so over time, our family life is going to grow into becoming more biblically ordered, and that's just wonderfully hopeful for all of us. Um. Point E, single life, um, that our singles would take their biblical place in service and relationships in all areas in their lives. That passage in 1 Corinthians 7 is beautiful. I love the way it talks about that. that The goal at the end of it is um, that we may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Now that's the call for every Christian, married or single, but it's particularly a call in 1 Corinthians 7 to singles to live in undivided devotion to the Lord and so we want to really encourage our singles toward a deep strong passion to serve Christ in that undivided devotion of the Lord of 1 Corinthians 7 relationships uh point f um, we want to make sure that we are Christians who see the value of relating on a deep level with other Christians um, in the in the life of the church uh we want to be Christians who give and receive the love of God as we walk out his plans uh, for us with those he has brought into our lives. So the church isn't supposed to be merely a a social club, but we're called to have rich biblical fellowship and to really share our relationship with Jesus with one another, to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron as the Proverbs talks about. You look at the passage here in Ecclesiastes where it talks about that a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There's there's uh, warmth, there is protection, there is fruitfulness, there is safety from danger when we walk in fellowship with other Christians, in close fellowship. And so we want to see the value of those relationships and be committed members of the local church. G, serving... Um, we want to see every disciple grow to be joyfully used um, and used for the glory of God to the ultimate. Uh, you know, God has called you to accomplish purposes for his glory. In Psalm 138.8, it says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And, you know, one of the things that's so wonderful is, you know, really bearing fruit for the Lord and we want to really see your spiritual gifts be used within the life of our body. And we're so glad because our church is going to grow stronger as a result of you becoming a member if God does in fact have you uh, to be a member here. And uh, we're so excited about that. We want to love serving the Lord. H, reaching the lost. Talked about this in relation to evangelism, but we want to consistently witness uh, to the gospel, to Jesus Christ in both word and deed with our lives. And in Finally, church growth, um, Acts 2.47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, we want to see, um, you know, the church just grow in relation to, as they're hearing the gospel and people are getting saved, we want to see them discipled, we want to see them equipped, we want to see them raised up, and then within our family of churches in Sovereign Grace Ministries, we're committed to seeing the gospel expand to the ends of the earth through church planting. We want to see God raise up men and women to to go forth onto church plants and you know for God to raise up men to go forth and plant churches with teams of people and for not for not just people to go forth into the great commission into isolation to serve the Lord but to go forth into teams that would plant churches and and to see the church continue to grow to see the gospel expand, to see the fame and the name of Jesus Christ go forth to the ends of the earth and to every tribe and tongue and nation. And It's something our church is very passionate about. And The way for us to make that happen is for all of us, if every Christian would be committed to their local church and really pour their whole heart out into it, what a difference that would make in relation to the worldwide expansion of the gospel. Because we'd all be pulling in the same direction and we'd all be planting churches and seeing other congregations raised up and other communities evangelized and discipled. And and the mustard seed effect of the gospel's advance would increase even more and more. And more and more people would exalt and proclaim and enjoy Jesus Christ. And that's really our heart. We want to see that happen for the glory of God. Um, We're so excited that you're a part of this new members class. I can't wait because our next session is session two, and Jesus Christ is what it's all about. You know, without Jesus dying on the cross, there would be no call to discipleship because there would be no way that we could even be followers of the Lord because we would never be able to see our own sins forgiven through our own efforts. But God sent his own son Jesus to die on the cross Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And God is so kind. For those of us who have believed in Christ, you are saved. You are a blood-washed, blood-bought sinner who has been, you've been saved now by the grace of God. And you are no longer dead in sin, but you are alive in Christ. And we are so excited that you are. And we're so looking forward to all that God's going to call you to do. We're so glad that the Lord's brought you into the life of our church. And this is just the beginning. You know, we're so excited about the days to come and watching God unite us together in stronger and stronger unity and to see the gospel advance in the life of our local church, to see more people in this Reading area get saved and people from outside of our area and to watch God move on the hearts of the people in our church, for, for gospel mission, both locally and abroad, and to watch the Lord raise that up. And I am so excited for all that God's going to call us to together, my friend, in the days ahead. And so our next session is going to be on the glorious gospel, and I can't wait to go through that together with you, and that will be session two. Let me just close in prayer in relation to this session. Jesus, we thank you so much for laying down your life for the sheep. And thank you for this new members class. I pray you would deepen our passion for you, Jesus, cause us to love you even more and be committed to even wanting to serve you with more passion and more devotion for your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Looking forward to session two.